What's up? What's up? What's up? What's good? Hello, hello, hello. How is everybody doing out there? We are back again with another episode. You've tuned in to Whose Mind Is That Anyway? This is a place that encourages critical thinking and is a beacon for open minds. On this channel, we listen, we talk, we learn, we build, and we transcend. No one idea or opinion is greater than the other. Thank you for taking your time out to listen. Just want to give everybody a round of applause. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're too kind, you're too kind. All right, well, I am your host, Granddaddy Chris, and today's title is The Lie is the Father of Confirmation Bias. All right, everybody, you guys are in for a treat. I'm going to let loose today. I ain't going to hold back. You know what I mean? There's a lot of things I want to say. Just want to get off my chest. This is one of those spare of the moment things I want to do. Just want to get some things out in the atmosphere. And uh, hey, it is what it is. First of all, I want to start by giving a proper introduction to the phrase or the term confirmation bias, all right? So confirmation bias is when a person is more likely to believe information that supports their previous existing beliefs and will quickly reject anything that is in conflict with that belief. That's just a simple way of putting it. Basically, people that believe what they believe will usually believe things that support what they believe, and they will quite naturally just reject anything that's contradictory to what they believe. I just want to say that I want to start by saying that I know that a lot of people have that issue, including myself, I'm guilty, where we heard something or we grew up hearing certain things and being taught certain things and we just kind of develop our mindset based on these things. I mean, where you come from, what's your background, uh, you know, ethnicity plays a part in this as well. I mean, there are certain biases that I naturally gear toward and because of my knowledge and wisdom that got me Where I am today, I have to backtrack and say, well, wait a minute. I know better than that, right? One of the narratives that's being pushed right now in our country is the racism card. I say that because there's a lot of confirmation bias in the whole culture of racism or the idea of racism existing in this country. And this is not what the segment is about. I'm just wanted to kind of mention that because it's it's a good example of 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 confirmation bias right um but the narrative that's being pushed is 
is racism is a big problem in this country that we live in. Well, I'm here to tell you that it is not. And the overwhelming population of this country does not live their life with a racist mindset. I have to say that. It's just the social media. It's the entertainment platforms, movies, news. News is the culprit. I mean, of course, there are the number one culprit of of lies and disinformation and false uh, falsifying the the reality when it comes to racism okay we know that uh, a handful of crazy police officers that have mental issues go off on a tangent and may harm or kill black people and they broadcast it over the news getting everybody aroused and thinking that we have a issue with law enforcement that needs to be dealt with but in fact it's just a select few idiots that are acting out. I don't want to say too much on that, but, you know, if I was raised to think that all white people are bad, my confirmation bias would support the narrative that's being pushed. Because it supports what I previously have been taught now. I'm just using that as an example because I'm past that. Because I look around me and most of the white people that I come in contact with uh, are nice, caring people, normal people, you know? I mean, we have our prejudices. We, we're going to, you know, I'm black, I'm Puerto Rican. I may gear, I might be a little prejudiced with my race, which means that I, um, it's not racism. Basically, prejudice is, is, is different. It's where you favor your own people because you understand them more and you kind of gravitate to your natural environment, you know, and people who look like like you. So you you're going to naturally be comfortable with that. And that's as far as my prejudice goes, you know, uh, but I do have a desire to be closer to any other cultures, I'm intrigued by them. And I don't have confirmation bias because I've grown past that. And I don't have um, a negative approach when it comes to other ethnicities. I know that we live in a world of countries where the governments and the, the ruling class pushes the narrative onto the people and we sometimes think that the agenda of the ruling class is somehow aligned with the average person. And we know that's not true. That's not true. Some cases it is, but most of the time, it's just not true. It's not what's going on. I just got to say, it's almost 3 o'clock a.m. where I am, and I'm live and wired. I want to get into some things that's been on my mind. Um, I don't know where to start, but I could say uh, that you may be suffering from confirmation bias. If when you are approached with a new idea and your response is to deflect, stop 
or just shut down what anybody is trying to tell you or share with you. In order to seek knowledge and wisdom, you have to be able to have an open mind and give new ideas a chance. Not saying that you shouldn't criticize a new idea because all new ideas should be scrutinized to the highest bidder. We should question everything. Like I said, believe nothing, question everything. Everything. And this channel, of course, is all about thinking and evolving your mental self or your conscious self. The name of this channel is Whose Mind Is That Anyway? Why did I come up with that name? And it centers around the term or the phrase confirmation bias. Confirmation bias is like a disease when it comes to transcendence because you can't go to the next level thinking that you got it all figured out. And any new idea that comes your way somehow has to be false because it doesn't align with what you have come to understand your own mind based on the things that you've been taught. Now, where could I begin? I mean, we live in a world that is governed by lies. Everything, almost everything that we think we know, we don't really know. We only know in part. We only know a little bit of a thing. And most people think that they have it all figured out. Some people think that they have no idea. And some people, like me, are quick to say, I don't have all the answers. I don't know everything. But I know a lie when I see one. And one thing I do want to say is the beginning of knowledge is when you begin to start to ask the right questions. And if you've come into a sense of awareness in this reality that we live in, you will realize that sometimes you know exactly when you're barking up the right tree. When you get a certain response when you are asked, when you ask a certain question. I know sometimes you be in church, you pull the pastor to the side and you ask him, well, why is this happening in the Bible? Can you explain that to me? Why would God do this? Or why would God do that? And usually when they don't have an answer to it, they usually make up something to add to it or They simply say, well, it's not our job to understand everything. No, but that doesn't mean you stop asking questions. That does not mean that you stop searching for the answers. And that's what religion wants you to do. Religion wants you to stop. Here's the book. 
This is everything you need to know. And that's it. Don't question it. Live by faith and not by sight. They want you to be insane, people. Doing the same things over and over again, expecting to get a different result. But we have seen what religion has done to our world up to this point. And if you ask me, I don't think it's done much of good when it comes to the wholeness of the world that we live in. When it comes to uh, governments and people and land and all these things. But I will say this. That there is some good that comes out of religion. And that usually comes from the people with pure hearts that use something that was originally placed there to enslave your mind, uh, they would use it somehow to free them from a, a troubled world and find hope in humanity. And there are some good things. If we're talking about the Bible, there are some good things in the Bible that will guide you in how to become a better person. When he talks about charity, uh, also known as love, how you're supposed to be kind and patient, right? Not boastful, you know, not easily angered. I mean, all these things are things we have to practice. We have to learn how to love one another. We have to learn how to listen to one another. And we have to learn how to agree to disagree. So, where can I start today? Um, anytime you see a group or organization, organization of people who are being criticized for their beliefs or their different concept without and, and when you ask people why why do you believe what you believe? Like for instance, I'm gonna use I'm gonna use the flat earth thing as an example. I won't say that I'm a flat earther, but we can get into that. Uh I won't say that I'm a globalist either. Or a uh <laughs> I don't know what you would call it. Somebody who believes in the world being round. I will say this. I don't know. I just know one thing. That we've been lied to. And like I said. There are. there. I mean, there is one way that you can take one step closer to finding out the truth. And knowing is when you know what the lie is. Right? So. Oh, man. This is a tough subject. Confirmation bias. I mean, you only believe what you believe because it's what you've always believed. It's what you've always believed. You believed it from day one. But anyway. The flat earth thing. I'll go ahead and talk about 
you have a group of people who believe that the world is not round. And they believe that we've been lied to concerning uh, the world. And what I can say is they've made some really good points. Um, Some things that can't be answered only lead to more questions. But what it does do is it gets you further away from the globe concept. So the first arguments that was made was, you know, when you're looking out on the horizon and say that a boat is sailing out towards the horizon and it disappears on the horizon. Well, they say because of the curvature of the world, that's the reason why it's disappearing over the horizon. Well, that's not necessarily true because if you have a telescope, you can zoom right in and and that same boat will reappear. It's just from our perspective that we see it disappear because that's just how our eyes work. I mean, the further an object is, the smaller it gets until it just disappears. Imagine looking down a hallway and you have lights going down that hallway and and say this, this hallway is miles long, right? The further you look down the hallway, the more narrow it gets. And before you know it, the light disappears. That's how our eyes work. It doesn't mean that that's exactly what's happening as the hallway is narrowing upon us looking at it. No, it just means that's our point of perspective. That's the way we see it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what it is. So that's just one thing. I mean, there's a lot of things I can say um, about the flat earth thing. But I want to key in on some of the alarming things that got my attention. Like the fact that the UN, United Nations, have a treaty that all of the countries of the world agree with. Which I must say that we don't agree on much. But apparently the United Nations have agreed with all the other countries that you can't just go to Antarctica. Right. Uh, You have to be in line with the UN. You got to get approval to go. And if you try to go without approval... I'm just going to say, I mean, you might just disappear off the face of the earth. I mean, that's what I would assume it would happen. But here's here's one thing. Um, I think it was Isaac Newton who came up with the law of gravity, which I think is just something that doesn't exist. Um, Because we can't prove that uh, by using the scientific method. We can't prove that gravity is a real thing. But we can um, 
acknowledge that there are other forces that we can prove by science that they exist, like like magnetism, right? There is definitely a, a, a charge in our atmosphere that is, is a, a magnetic force, right? We know that because we have compasses that always points north. And the problem with that is no, it always points north, no matter how far south you go. And you would think once you get past the equator, that north is is no longer having a greater impact on your compass. But the south should, because according to the globe, you have a north pole and a south pole. You have a positive and you have a negative, just like a magnet has it has two points of energy one conflicting with the other and if you put a positive on a positive it's going to retract from each other you put a negative on a negative it's going to retract from each other but when you put those opposites together they they stick together so it's just weird to me that we don't have a South Pole magnetic pool. It also it always points north. And so another thing we think about the, the high tide and the low tide that's caused by the magnetism of the moon in its relation to the charge in the ocean. That's magnetism, not gravity. And why I say you can't prove gravity by using the scientific method, I got to be real specific when I'm when I'm saying that. Okay, so gravity basically uh, says that the larger an object, the greater the gravitational pull. And my thing is, how can you prove that in a lab? See, there's the question. That's the million dollar question. How can you prove that in a lab? Well, if you have a confirmation bias that says that uh, the sun is a million miles away or whatever, uh, and it's like a hundred times bigger than the earth, then it's pulling the all the other planets close to it. Now, if you were taught that and you believe that, your confirmation bias is going to support the theory of gravity. Because remember, gravity is absolutely a theory. It's not a proven fact. But we have been taught this. And we go along with it. Um, when you don't understand something, the solution is not making something up to explain something that's happening in nature. You still have to prove what it is that you're coming up with, your theory or whatever. Uh, Isaac Newton, I hope I'm saying the right name, could be wrong, but there was a guy who came up with the idea of gravity and they said the story is like he was sitting under an apple tree and 
one of the apples fell down off the tree and hit him in the head. And he just was like, whoa, gravity. <laughs> it must be gravity. And the whole world just fell in line eventually. Hmm. It's nothing but an idea. It's nothing but a theory. But you can't prove that in a lab, right? In order to prove that the greater the size of an object, the greater the gravitational pull, you need to have an object that's massive, right? And you have to at least get some kind of reading that, or some kind of measurement that indicates some level of force that's drawing objects to itself. You just can't do that. I don't see how you can prove that. A lot of lies. A lot of lies. A lot of lies. I don't want to skip around too much. We talking about this flat earth thing is really interesting to me because I want to know more, right? I want to know why you can go to the northernmost part of the earth and see the polar stars, polar star and see the rest of the stars revolving around it. And if you record it, for a day or two, whatever. Over time, you'll see that all the other stars are revolving around it. Perfect formation. But you have to go to this point of, Earth, of the Earth to see this. You can't see that everywhere on the Earth. But my thing is, we are going, according to science, it says we're going throughout space uh, really, really fast. I don't want to put out any numbers. I hate that stuff because they just throw out numbers and we're just supposed to go along with it. But we're going throughout space at a really high speed. And we are following after the sun's gravitational pull as we're revolving around the sun. The sun is drawing all the planets that are in the Milky Way throughout space. Here's the question. How can that be when all of the constellations have never changed for thousands and thousands of years? We see the same constellations written on the walls of Egypt. We see the same constellations written in caves the Mayans had a great understanding of the of the solar system that we so-called live in, and they were very descriptive in their um, writings when it came to when it comes to outer space and the planets and the alignment and all that and the stars. It's never changed, but we're supposed to be moving throughout space. 
Yeah. Sometimes common sense outrules a theory. Mm. The lies. The lies, people. Somebody said, somebody asked me, do you believe that we went to the moon? And I say, no, I don't believe they went to the moon or we went to the moon because I just don't believe anything. For one. For two, when you ask them, when is the next time we're going to the moon? They tell you we can't go because we lost that technology. You lost that technology? What? Hold on, man. Hold on. You telling me you lost the technology to go to the moon so we it would be too costly and uh it would be just too tedious for us to just come up with some more technology in 2022 to get to the moon again. But yet we have rovers on Mars, people. Oh yes. We're getting footage from Mars and everything that's going on on Mars, we can do that. And we're preparing to go there. So how in the world are we preparing to go to Mars? But we can't even go to the moon. That's right there. The closest thing to us. Bruh. (laughs) Something is not right about that. I mean, you can't take just a little bit of that technology that's supposed to be going to to Mars. Just a little bit of it. To get to the moon? Oh. Something's not right about that. It's a little fishy, if you ask me. But uh, don't ask one of the astronauts uh, that supposedly went to the moon. Don't ask them. Because you might get cussed out. You might get, uh, you know, nothing. They might walk away from you. They don't want to hear from you. You can't ask any questions to the right people. People that should have the answers. Hmm. But like I said, do I believe that we went to the moon? No, I don't believe it. But I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I say this. Because they lie too much. They lie too much. NASA be lying, boy. Boy, I tell you, man, NASA be lying. They go out there, right, and they say they got this device that's, uh, you know, going around Mars, taking pictures of the surface, you know, on the outskirts of the of the planet. And when they show you the image, they show you the image of the thing that's taking the images. Yeah. So we get images of the thing that's taking the pictures. So the, here's the question. What's taking the picture of the thing that's taking the picture? I mean, I mean, just think about it. Just think about it. They're saying they sent something in outer space to take a picture of Mars, you know, from outside of the atmosphere of Mars. 
And when you see the image, it's a picture of the device that's taking the picture of Mars. Oh, yeah. Ah, so that's just a little weird, don't you think? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. That's a little weird. But that's not the only thing that's a little weird. And we're going to talk about it. I don't want to make this too uh, drawn out. But I do want to say, um, how many people have heard about Operation Fishbowl? Uh, You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to say anything. (laughs) I know you can hear me. But uh, most people haven't heard about Operation Fishbowl. Something that happened in 1962, y'all. It was carried out by the United States as part of a larger operation. Um, uh, basically, it was nuclear test program. It was a nuclear test program, right? It was a flight test vehicle, uh, flight tests, and it was it it was a series of flight tests, right? Right, and somehow the payload they put nuclear weapons on the payload. Well, they put nuclear weapons and they shot it up there to the sky to test out the nuclear weapons. All right. And this is around the time. Here, you know what? Let me just. Uh, what is that? Apollo 13? Wasn't that the, um, the place that. I mean, the, uh, the, the, the uh, sh- spaceship. That supposedly went to the moon. Let's see. The year that the let's see that NASA made it to the moon. I'm 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 doing a little searching. As we encounter this. Hmm. All right. So it says 1969. It was on July 20th, 1969. American astronaut Neil Armstrong. uh, And Edwin Buzz. Edwin Buzz became the first humans ever to land on the moon. Remember. 1969, right? That wasn't too many years after they had Operation Fishbowl, which was in 1962. So they were doing a series of tests, shooting nuclear missiles into the atmosphere for whatever reason. I don't know if I had to guess. Well, they were maybe trying to see if they can break past the Van Allen Belt. Okay, what's the Van Allen Belt? The Van Allen Belt are a collection of charged particles gathered in a place by Earth's magnetic field. Oh, wow. 
You're telling me that there's a magnetic field around the Earth? Wow. Interesting. I thought it was gravity. I thought that's what it was. But uh, according to the Van Allen belt, it's magnetic. So it's almost like a protective shield of magnetic force that's protecting the Earth. Hmm. Interesting. Could that same force allow the sun and the moon to revolve around it? Or the stars? That's a question. That is a serious question, people. Okay, so that's the Van Allen belt. But what about the ozone layer? A layer in the Earth's stratosphere at an altitude about 6.2 miles containing a high concentration of ozone which absorbs most of the ultraviolet radiation uh, reaching the earth from the sun oh man this is interesting this is interesting now I said that but I want to skip to, to this okay Because we got to use our minds, people. We got to be smart about these things, right? Now, we know, according to science, that there are certain levels of radiation when you're going through the atmosphere before you reach this, you know, what they call outer space. You know, when you get outside, when you're trying to get outside of the Earth's atmosphere, there are layers of radiation. I did this study before. And basically what I was trying to find out was, is it true that the atmosphere gets so hot in certain layers that it would melt any material that they put, that that they used in the spaceship um, that supposedly made it to the moon? They would have to go through certain layers of atmosphere and the radiation level in some of those and in, in, in those levels kind of reach temperatures that would completely liquefy any of the metals that they had on the ship. So that's like the question is, how did they get past all that radiation without disintegrating? That's the question. That is the question. It's just some things just don't make sense. And uh, I went to the the museum in D.C. that actually has the replica or the technology, you know, that they can't find no more. <laughs> it's there. And it looks like somebody built it in their backyard. If you ask me, man, you know what I'm saying? A couple metal sheets, you know, some aluminum foil, you know, some duct tape. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You could probably build you a spaceship, too. It's funny. It's funny. If you ask me, it's just a little weird. 
Like, man. Um, so let's use our common sense, though. All right. According to hmm, science, it says that the further you get away from the earth, the earth's surface, um, you're going you're going into those radiation levels. Right. You get, it gets supposed to get hotter and hotter. Right. Hmm. But how is that when if you go up a mountain, which is, the, you know, if you go to the tallest mountain in the world. You don't uh, you're not going to get a tan. I mean, you're talking about temperatures that are freezing. That's why you always see the snow at the top of a mountain. This is because the higher you go, the colder it gets. Hello. And that's just plain observation. How you get closer to the sun and it gets colder. Mm. It's a little weird to me. Anyway, Project Fishbowl. Well, we try to get up out the fishbowl, according to Project Fishbowl. If you ask me, I think they were just trying to get through, and they couldn't. Hence, it's the date in which they were doing these, right? If you remember... The first couple tries to try to get to the moon. Remember, all of the spaceships was uh, exploding in the air. They would only get so far. And then it almost looks like they ran into a barrier. Because they exploded. But remember, NASA was getting all this funding. So they had to continue the project, right? They had to make it to the moon. They had to make it happen for the people and the tax dollars that was going to NASA, they just had to keep it going. So guess what? A couple years later after the uh, Operation Fishbowl, they miraculously made it to the moon. And it's just weird to me that if you look at the history of the images of the Earth, uh, all, all the continents are different sizes. They change over the years. It's just a little weird. A little weird. Yeah. And then NASA admits that they have... Um, they use CGI composites to build their images... They say that the earth is so big that they cannot get a full image of the earth. Wow. But I remember when they went to the moon, they were they looked back and they saw the earth. And the earth looked mighty small, mighty small. But they got image of it, supposedly. Oh, man. They just can't do that now. They can't give us a live image of the world. No. They can't do it. I mean, that's what they're giving us. They're giving us... Uh, they're not giving us the real deal. Too many questions. That's why I say I'm not a flat earther, but... 
I I get where they're coming from, and I believe by asking the right questions, I think they're they're asking the right questions. You know, I just me personally, I think that there is a magnetic pull coming from the center of the Earth, and that's driving all of the the metals towards that center point. That's just my point. That, I mean, that's just my opinion. And I could be wrong. But I know for one thing, I can say that I don't trust the globe idea. It's just too many, too many holes, too many loopholes. Yep. Well, one thing we could talk about is the theory of evolution. Or how about the Big Bang Theory? Um, I mean, people just come up with wonderful ideas. Uh, and then they try to support their ideas through science. Um Man, I just don't believe the theory of evolution. I know where uh, those ideas came from. It didn't come from a good place. Um, And that, to me, doesn't make sense when you still have the same species that you're saying that we evolved from are still walking the earth today. That's just weird. Just weird. The Big Bang. How can you prove something so far back like that? I mean, you wasn't there. They were not there. I mean, it's just a theory, but it's taught in the school. So, even though we say it's a theory, it's still embedded in your mind subconsciously you receive it as truth but we don't really know we don't know how this reality came to existence it's okay to say you don't know it's okay to come up with ideas of how it may have come to be but you cannot use facts and information that support that idea and say and and start building on that because you can start getting farther and further you start getting further and further away from the truth because you don't have that foundation you need to become you need to have a foundation of I don't know let's start with that. Ah, man. It's okay not to know. It's, I mean, you got to be humble and say, you don't know. I have no idea how we came to be. I just know that what we think we know, we either don't know or we only know a part of it. 
Well, I mean, there's a lot of things that we have accepted as truth. And we believe anything that seems like it goes along with that. I just want everybody to think, you know, have your own mind, use your own mind, come to your own conclusions based on careful thought and observation. You know, um, don't just settle, you know, ask questions, ask questions. That's the main thing. And have an open mind. That way, you know, that uh, you're not speaking from somebody else's mind. You are actually speaking from your own mind when you have your own thoughts, when you're able to use your critical thinking skills and come up with a idea that is pointing you into the right direction of truth. I want to thank you guys again. Round of applause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The lie is the father of confirmation bias. I mean, it's so true. I mean, come on, yeah. Confirmation bias. That's where that's that's the devil's playground. It's 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 the fundamental uh, elements of deception. But um, that's all I'm going to say. All right, I'm going to give y'all a round of applause one more time. And and just want to let y'all know to stay encouraged, stay peaceful, stay loving, and go through this life with an open mind. All right. Free your mind. Right? Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And with that, with that being said, I just want to say peace. I'm out.